Hello, this is Reverend Erechim. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted, your life will be transformed, and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. So I just want to give a short exhortation to you today. Um, it's something that I, I, I just feel that I need to just live here in this house um, to help somebody. It, it's, it, it, I, I feel that uh, 2023 is a very strategic year. You know, the, the general overseer declared that it's the year of gathering. You know, all the things that we may have lost, our gathering and that kind of thing. But I believe that in this house also, uh, it's a very pivotal year. A year that people are really going to rise up and do amazing things. That's why I love it, Pastor. When you said, get up. No, people must get up and do something. Something must come out of you. you are too, that's why all week I've been telling you that you are too loaded for something. You, you defy the ability of anybody to explain you away. What is on the inside of you is amazing. You, you, your future is so bright that when we look at you, our eyes hurt. There's something on the inside of you. I don't care how your packaging is. You may have been damaged on your outside, but what you carry is very important. I've told you almost every day that pirates, they don't go after empty ships. Joseph was not attacked because of what his father gave him to wear. We saw it in the Bible. He was attacked because of the dream that he carried. And I am convinced with the last breath within me that in this house, in this house tonight are men and women who must rise and do something. You, you must be, be nation and continent shakers. Oh, you didn't hear me at all. I say you must, you must shake some things. There are some things that must happen. You must, you must shake some things in, in this life. Amen. Somebody says, that is, that is me. In Numbers chapter number 13, Numbers chapter number 13, verse 26, we are reading from Numbers very quickly, even though it's Numbers, it doesn't mean your days are numbered. Moses has sent, Moses has sent uh, the 12 spies. Somebody say 12 spies. I, I'm sure you all know the, the story. Um, if you don't know it, ask somebody who knows it after church and they will tell you. Uh, to go and spy. And I, had, I used to ask myself, why did they send these spies out there when the Lord had already given them the thing? But I believe, I don't know all the explanation, but I believe that the Lord wanted them to fight with intelligence. They want, he, sometimes he has to let you know what you are going to deal with. Because sometimes surprises can demoralize us. So he said, go and look at the land. God, he never mentioned that you are going to suffer giant, giantism and all these kinds of things. So go and see how they are so that you can fight with intelligence. In this life, you must learn to fight with intelligence. You must learn to pray with intelligence. You can't just shoot in the dark. And so he sent them, and very quickly, verse, verse number 26, they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. That is evidence. Somebody say evidence. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. You see that. There's the evidence again. Nevertheless, that is where everything changes. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up once to take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, 
The land through which we had gone as spies is a land that divorced its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Just in a few minutes, I want to tell you, you are able. Amen. Somebody say, you are able. Amen. Say to somebody, you are able. Amen. I believe, people of God, that these three little words, we are able, carry explosive ability to help you to do some amazing things in your life. Some few years back, I think around 2017, 2018, just before the U.S. general elections for president, a young senator from Chicago, Illinois, captured the imagination of a nation that was tired. America had been through many years of war. Afghanistan, Iraq, everything, all this war on terrorism, everything has changed the world. And the nation was tired, and all of a sudden, this young senator from Chicago, Illinois, started stomping on platforms all over America with a positive message. And the slogan that built his, his campaign was, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. America had never seen a black president before. It was literally an impossibility in our generation and in our lifetime to see something like that. But this man believed that he could make a change. He could make a difference. And Barack Obama, all of America with a little slogan, yes, we can. And like a little spark, it began, it began to catch fire. It began, it began to catch fire. It began to catch fire. And they captured the imagination of the nation. And America began to understand that even though we have been through trouble, we have seen wars, terrorism, our cities have been bombed, our Pentagon has been bombed. It is not over. There is something on the inside of us. And I've come tonight to tell somebody that regardless of anything that you have been through, yes, you can. There is something on the inside of you. It will, you will never die. That dream will never die until what is on the inside of you comes out. You must believe it tonight that yes, you can. Oh yes, I know, I know that that business didn't work out. I know, preacher, that, that church plant didn't work out. But there is still something on the inside of you. What is happening around you right now has got nothing to do with what the Lord, with the word, Lord, Lord has said about you. For who is it that speaks and it comes to pass when the Most High God has not commanded it? Every prophetic word that has been spoken over your head every declaration that has been made over your head i am here to make an announcement that it is going to find expression in this time you are not an entity you are not an accident of nature you are not a pimple on the nose of the death of the devil to squeeze you out you are a possibility with a capital b you are a bundle of potential you were created for such a time as this and the lord sent me all the way to tell somebody that yes you can they have told you at school that you failed and because of that you can't do it. Maybe you tried something and it didn't work and they are attacking you with your experience. You are not your experience. There's something on the inside of you. What is there is greater than what is trying to pull you down. I shout into your ears and into your spirit that yes you can. He said that and the rest was history. And so this few minutes I said to somebody yes you can. People listen to me. One of the things that I am very convinced about and yet very careful about is the atmosphere that I operate in. Atmospheres are very important. That is why in a nation where our motto is freedom and justice, you have the freedom to disconnect yourself from toxic atmospheres. 
Because your atmosphere may change you before you try to change the atmosphere. So atmospheres are very powerful. Atmosphere affects your morale. Atmosphere affects momentum. Atmosphere affects maturity. Atmosphere affects multiplication in your life. So atmospheres are very important. Some of you were very good. You were doing good. You loved everything up in heavens until you fell into a wrong atmosphere. So I, I am very careful where I traffic. Because there are some atmos some people are too negative. And the show I'll tell you the cost of negativity. Some of you, you are so negative, you can walk into a dark room and develop into a photograph. It is, it is sad when anything you share, somebody, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't. I think it's one of the part of our culture in this nation. It's so incredulous. Honestly, man of God, apart from Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, I haven't seen any president in this nation who have, who have shared a convincing and compelling vision for the nation to rise up. There's a group of people who say, no, no, no this can't happen. When are we going to believe in something? When are we going to believe that we are well able to do something? We are not second class slaves, ladies and gentlemen. We are children of God. I don't like the way they are staring at me. We are children of God and we can do something with our lives. You are not a mistake. Am I talking to somebody? You are not a mistake. You can do something with your life. And we see here that God is talking to a group of people who had come out of captivity, 430 years. Their, their mentality was a slavery mentality, but God was telling them that you can do something. And if we are a people of a great God, then we should be able to believe that whatever he has said concerning us shall happen. And this thing that we have just read in the book of Numbers is pregnant with revelation. And I want somebody to just download this very, very quickly, then we get into prayer. But you have to understand, this thing didn't start from Numbers. It started from way back in Exodus, far away. And it started building. The children of Israel have been in captivity. They cried to God. And God raised up somebody called Moses to get them out. That is why Exodus is called Exodus is called Exodus because it's a book of exit. It tells us that, listen, God is a God of exit and God is a God of entry. Everything that he gets you out, he has a plan to get you to something. You didn't hear me. I'll try it here. I said, anytime he gets you out of something, he's getting you into something. He does exits and he does entries. Deuteronomy 6.23. He said that he brought us out of there in order to bring us into the land. He brought us out. So please, anytime you leave something, make sure what you are going into is better. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said, anytime you leave, sometimes I, I find it sad, Reverend, that some people can leave a good church like this. And you go and find them in some place and wondering, what have you been smoking? Bamboo or rope? God will take you out of something, but he will always give. That is why, listen, when God asks you to give, it's not because he wants to bankrupt you, but he is testing you to see what is in your heart so that he can give you better. I've worked with this man for quite a while that even though I haven't physically met him at Accra Mall, I know that I know that when I believed in his son and I got saved, that everything that he has promised, he has the ability to do. For unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all. So when the Lord tells me to give, man of God, sometimes I don't even understand that, but I know enough to understand that anytime he's asking you for something, it's because he wants to give you something 
something better. The sad reality is that we get so bogged down with what we think we are losing that we don't see what we are gaining. I am telling you today, anything that he says to you, do it. When he says, give me your son. Listen, it wasn't because God was, was a sadist or a murderer. He said, Abraham, go and kill your son for me. God knew what he would do. And when Abraham went on the mountain and Abraham picked up the knife to kill the boy, the Lord said, Abraham, hold on. For now I know. Now, listen, the obedience of Abraham made divinity talk like mortality. God is saying, now I know. How can omniscient God now say, now I know? There are some things that you do that can compel divinity to talk like mortality. And he said, and the Lord showed Abraham a lamb that was caught behind him, which means what he was looking for was behind him all the time. It could be that he had even walked past a thing and he hadn't seen it. And that is why Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead of my problem and he supplies it before I get there. There are some things that you have walked past. There are some miracles that you have walked past. Maybe your husband has been sitting beside you. Don't look at him. Maybe your husband has been sitting beside you all the time, but you haven't seen him because he doesn't dress like something that may the Lord open your eyes tonight for you to see the lamb that has been tied. It's all because he's demanding it. Listen, nobody, nobody, whoever cried to God remained in that same situation. Tonight, you and I will cry to a God and God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask and think. Some of you have hit dead ends. Some of you have come to the place where there seems to be no way. He's the only one on record who is saying, that I am the way, which means where there's no way, I'll make a way for you. Where there's no bridge, I'll be the bridge for you. Where there's no shelter, I will be your shelter. Where there's no light, he says, I am the light. Where there's no food, he says, I'm the bread of water. I'm the bread of life. Where there's no water, he said, come to me and drink. Where there's no protection, he says that I am your strong tower and your exceeding great reward. That is the God that I'm talking to you about. God brought them out. The thing of the, the, my bedding in the nest 10, 15 minutes I'll be done and we pray. Man of God, I realize that a lot of people have been brought out, but they haven't entered into their purpose. And I've told you all week that if you are struggling and struggling and struggling, it's because maybe you haven't found purpose. And I told you yesterday that purpose makes pain bearable. When you have purpose, you can walk through your pain. Never forget that. And look, that that's why I like salvation gets you out, but discipleship gets you in. There are books in this room that have not been written yet. There are mega million businesses that have not been built yet. But there, there was it Dr. Mars Morrow who said that the richest places on earth are not the oil fields of Saudi Arabia. They are not the gold fields of South Africa or Oguasi, but they are, they are the cemeteries. And I wonder why. And he said, underneath the tombstones are people lying there. Books with their books, they carry them on the inside. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You must live your life full and die empty. You must come to that place, ladies and gentlemen, that when we lay you down to rest, you have given out everything that was on the inside of you. Because, listen, if you die, sometimes I wonder why a generation must allow somebody with so much anointing to die and carry his anointing with him into his grave for a dead man's body to be raised by that anointing. This generation have not learned to hook on into the anointed ones and tap into their anointing and carry their anointing. We are allowing anointed ones to die with their anointing. But I know that this is a new generation. You are a smart generation. You are an anointed generation. You are a discerning generation. Make sure that the anointing that they carry, they will not take them to their graves. Because when you carry those anointings, it shortens your learning curve. It does something on your inside. There is something called life after death. There's something. How many of you know there is life after death? But you know that there's, 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 there's also something that is life before death? 
You are not living. A lot of you are just existing. We are going to anoint you so that you have life before death. You didn't hear me at all. You didn't hear me at all. But listen, there are three things that I want to upload to you before we get into prayer. Because I believe that there are some things that some people must manifest. Reverend, I was in Amsterdam many years ago in the 80s. I went to preach in Amsterdam. And on a Saturday afternoon, I had some free time. So I, I went to town just to look around. And I saw this Christian bookstore. So I went in there to browse. Then I saw this plaque. I so much loved it that I bought it for myself. And it said, what you are is God's gift to you. But what you make of yourself is your gift to God. What you are is God's gift to you. But what you make out of yourself is your gift to God. My question is, what are you making out of your life as a gift to God? When you are dead and gone, how would you be remembered? Sometimes, I, I, I drive around, I look around in Accra, I see all kinds of funeral posters. And sometimes I wonder, how did they go? Sometimes I say, God, you, you see all this, gone too soon. What a shock. Evaporated. <laughs> Moved house. You know, we are very ingenious. We, we, and when you go to some funerals, you can always tell. There are some funerals, people are crying uncontrollably. And if you check, you realize that they are not crying because the guy is dead. They are crying because of the death he left behind. I pray your funeral is not like that. There are other funerals too that you go, it's like a party. The widow is wearing dodgy and Gabbana glasses, Louis Vuitton's shoes. You know, her bag is, you know, what are some of the bags? Whatever, the ones you are talking about, yeah. You know, and you want to console the widow. They say, oh, don't worry, don't worry. He lived a good life. She's thinking about the bank account that she's going into. May your death be announced in a very happy way. With gratitude to God. You, you, yeah, you said, you, listen. God wants you to do some things in this life. Amen. Um, I don't know if you rented your mouth or you, it's your own. Amen. Amen. But your people make me nervous. Oh, yeah, Friday nights. I hear that Friday nights. Hope you have this. Don't say amen. Ah, that's why I had to say my amens before I came here. I amen myself. But no, he, he sent them over there. And there are three things that I learned in this, in this narrative. I'm going to give, you, give them to you in nine minutes. Number one, I learned that sound, sound matters in life. Sound matters. Israel had been in the desert for 40 years. 40 is the number of testing. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. And the spies, they brought back evidence. They said, this is the fruit. This is the evidence. It's here. Something you could see. But right after that, they also brought a sound. They said, no, no, we can't. Even though this is the evidence of where we are going, to, where we, are going we can't handle it. They used their sound to spoil things. Their eyes saw great things, but they negated what they saw with the words that they spoke. Hear me? Champions speak differently. Gatherers, they speak differently. The book says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Understand this, ladies and gentlemen. Every world that you created is voice activated. You know, we have Google, we have Alexa, we have all these things that you speak and they do things for you. Things are now voice activated. Man of God, it's, there are some conversations now I can't even have. I don't know if you have noticed it. Sometimes you'll be having a conversation with somebody and you go to your iPad, you turn it on, 
and they are advertising the things that you are talking about. Now, so where is this thing going to? Even in, in my car, man of God, in my car, there's times that I can't even talk. When you talk and your voice says something like the brand of that car, the woman comes and says, what can I do for you today? And one time I got, I got so flustered, what was good? And I, please forgive me, it was only once I've repented. But I just said to the man, I hate you. I mean, the, the, the car was talking to me. You know, you, you speak and you make, you make a sound that sounds like the brand of the car. Then it comes up, what can I do for you? And I said, I hate you. Then she came back and said, that is not a nice thing to say. I got depressed the whole day. I, got I mean, the woman saw that I was a sinner. The whole day, I got depressed. My wife looked at me and said, sir, sir. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Sound matters. What you hear this year of your gathering and going forward, please be careful who you allow to have your ears. Anybody who has your ears has your future. Anybody who has your ears has your destiny. In fact, let me say it this way. Anybody who is informing you is forming you. Anyone who is informing you is forming you. I have a question. Who have you been listening to? Are you, do you have people in your life who are telling you, yes, you can? Who are telling you, you can do this? Who are telling you the downfall of a person is not the end of your life? You can listen, sound matters. Be very careful that Jesus said, be very careful the things that you hear because your world, your, your words will shape your world. Learn to speak that I am able. Learn to speak that I can. From tonight, make a declaration that I can. That I will build a house. I will buy land. I will do that business. I will travel. I will marry. I will learn that thing. Say it! Then the next thing is that negativity always has a price. Negativity has a price. When these 12 spies came and 10 of them decided to, I mean, Pollute the atmosphere with wrong words, negative words. Numbers 14, one says that, and the people cried all night. Why did they cry? Because 10 people polluted the atmosphere with negativity. It was so bad that they said, now let's even kill the deliverer. Let's kill the pastor Moses because we can't go. Listen to me. Negativity has a price. It has an immediate price and it has a long-term price. The people of God, they, could, they, they hesitated and they postponed their breakthroughs. And in the end, you realize that the 10 spies that brought negativity, none of them entered into the promised land. Negative words affect you more than you ever know. Because when your mind is infected, your body will line up with that infection. Never magnify negativity. You have to understand that. Don't allow people to so speak into your life. That, you, that is why I, I, I love declarations. That is why I love positive words. When, when we were growing up as young Christians, we used to do something called dumb broadcast. We'd go into areas and we'd preach all over the place. And uh, one day there was this man that I really didn't like in the neighborhood. So we decided that that morning, early morning, 5 a.m., the back of his window would be a crusade field. You know, sometimes we can be foolish. We went there, then we started preaching the gospel according to the situation. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You, you are young. Small boys are young. <laughs> the gospel according to... And then the man got angry. He came out of his room because we're disturbing him very early in the morning. We're saying things we knew. And he started cursing us. You boys, you never amount to anything. You, you would die broad daylight. You blah, blah, blah. You and my friends were shaking like, hey, hey. And the man went and the boy said, did you... And I said, was he talking to you? I said, me, he wasn't talking to me. 
And I'm sure by now, they know that he wasn't talking to me. Because he said we will die early. I'm not, I'm not dying early. I have many plans. He said we will not amount to anything. I don't look like I look like a man who doesn't amount to anything. So I said, if you are hearing it, you take it media. No, it's not me. You are not talking to me. I didn't hear it. Listen, negativity has a price. Please be very careful what you are talking about. In the privacy of your room, you are speaking, and I can never marry. Today, in the name of the Lord, I declare over you that may every negativity be turned around. I said, may every negativity be turned around. This year, in this house, your miracle shall be spoken all over. Just like that lady, I, I don't even remember that lady, but to, from tonight as we anoint you, may something happen in your life that has never happened before. There are things that have been delayed. Speak over it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Listen, you will complete that house. Do you know that there are some people in their family, nobody, nobody completes anything. You will be the first one to complete something. Man of God, let me tell you something. Today my brother, my little brother came to visit. And then in our conversation, he told me that he has heard that I have built a house somewhere in my hometown. And I saw him. I said, you haven't gone to see it? He said, no, no. I said, you go see it. And he said, but you are not going to live there. I said, no, of course not. I'm not going to live there. But I did it just for the heck of it. Forgive my language. And I said, I bought the land from one end, like the whole block. And I did that on purpose. And he said, Pastor, why would you do that? And I said, I built a small little house on the, on, right? Prince did that for me. I said, just build a small, and leave the whole, and I told him that if anybody asks you what your, your, your papa or whatever is going to do, tell them that your papa says, on fine, <laughs> But I told my brother the secret to it. I said, maybe you don't know, but let me tell you, I'm your big brother, you are my little brother. The house that we come from, no man has ever built. No man has ever built. Everybody will travel. Maybe Bishop Alotte have said it here before, I don't know, because he's my nephew. Nobody, man of God, nobody, they won't allow you to build. You will travel, come back, and come and sleep on veranda. Oh, yes, and women will look after you and die in shame. And one day, it dawned on me that, no, there are some of us, we are, we are barrier breakers. We have to break this thing for those who are coming behind us. So I told, I said, please break that thing, put lights all over the house. I don't care, even if I don't sleep there one night. But I did that for a reason and for a purpose. I'm saying that to say something to somebody. That, listen, when, when David picked up the five stones... To go and silence Goliath. He didn't need all the five. He needed the first stone. May I suggest that somebody in this room, you are the first stone in your family that will silence the Goliath of poverty. There are some lines that nobody crosses. May you be the first one to cross it. I said there are some things that nobody in your family has done. You will do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. There are families that they say women don't marry. You will marry to the glory of God. There are families that they say women don't do this. You will do it to the glory of Almighty God. You will not die in poverty. You will not die in shame. You will not die in barrenness. You will not die not doing anything. You know there are some families, man of God, that when they start projects, they never allow them to finish their project. And you know what the project becomes? It becomes an eyesore. When people are going to that village, they use that as, as they use that as signboard, he said, Oh, if you are if you want to see my mother, you, you when you get to the junction, you see an uncompleted house. After that house, the next one is my no. From today, you will never, ever, ever, ever be called somebody who started and didn't. Oh, you didn't hear me. You will never be the person who started and you didn't finish. You will finish it. There are some of you, you will live in a place called almost. You are almost there and it's destroyed. You are almost there and nothing happens. Tonight, as we pour oil on your head, we impart the finisher's grace upon you. Not only will you start, but you will.
will finish it. You'll be the first one in your family that will aspire into greatness. You'll be the first one in your family that will silence Goliath. For 40 days, Goliath was mocking. There are families that some things are mocking you. People in their neighborhood, even poor people are calling you poor. Listen, in the name of the Lord Jesus, after tonight, it's turning all around. It is changing. The negativity is over to the glory of Almighty God. Somebody put your hands together and bless the Lord.